praise him. Jesus is indeed alive. We thank God for the exhortation, the prophetic exhortation that came from the prophetess. And we bless God. We give praise to God. So, let us pray. Father, thank you in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we acknowledge your presence. Let Jesus Christ be glorified in this time. Everyone that is watching us, we pray for your spirit to minister to their hearts. Grant them hearing hearts in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for divine recoveries. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We come against every power of darkness, distractions, spirits of unattentiveness. Declare Jesus' is over every heart. Thank you, Father. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen and amen and amen. Yes, so we thank God. We bless the name of God. This is day 7 of our 40 days fast. And today is a special day. By the end of the service, I know God will give you divine recoveries. Spirit of God will give you divine recoveries. What you have lost is going to give you divine recoveries. In the name of Jesus Christ. But we want to look at the Word of God. We want to look at the Word of God. And today I want to talk about honor because this is our month of honor. But this time around, I want to talk about the stages of this honor. The stages of this honor. Because like many things in this world, honor or dishonor is a process. That's why for the past weeks, I was showing you the stages of honor. When you honor somebody, it's not, it's not just something that you just get up and do. It is stages. And so there are levels of honor. There are levels of honor. So we learn from the, 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 the word of God that according to Romans chapter 13 verse 7, Romans chapter 13 verse 7, we learned that honor is due certain people. Honor is due certain people. And that it is a law of God. It is a commandment. It's not something that you have a choice of. And I've seen that whenever God gives us commandments, it's for our own good. If God says don't fornicate, is it not for your own good? Are you not saving yourself from STDs? Are you not saving yourself from potential sicknesses? Terrible, uh, apart from the physical sicknesses, are you not saving yourself from a fragmented soul? A soul that is fragmented because every man comes and uses a piece of you, bites a piece of you, and then dumps you. Is that what you want? No. So God's advice is that abstain from sexual immorality. It's a commandment that is not benefiting God, but is benefiting us. So, if you look at the word of God, all his commandments, the Bible says, they are not burdensome. The commandments of God are not burdensome. And one of the commandments that is being overlooked now is what we can find in Romans chapter 13, 
verse number 7. Romans chapter 13, verse number 7. And the commandment of God says that, Give honor to whom honor is due. Give honor to whom honor is due. Give honor to whom honor is what? Is due. And honor is a process. Like loyalty and disloyalty. Loyalty is a process. Disloyalty is a process. Loyalty is a process. Disloyalty is also a process. People, you know, and you know, loyalty and love, they work together. Loyalty and love, they work together. Loyalty is a form of love. Loyalty is a form of love. Honor is a form of love. Honor is a manifestation of love. It, all these things are based on love. Is it when we talk about loyalty and disloyalty, you think that maybe we are forcing you to do something? No. If you love the person, if you love God, you will be loyal to God. And loyalty, for instance, means you are faithful. You are unchanging in your relationship with the person. Is that not honor as well? Honor is your relationship with somebody. How you must perceive somebody. How you must see somebody. In the same way, loyalty as well. And both all of them, they are processes. They don't just happen overnight. For you to be loyal is a process. For you to be disloyal is a process. The Bible says that I am the Lord, I change it not. So one of the key characteristics that God requires of his children, of his stewards, of his servants, of his children, it can be found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, where it says that it is required of stewards to be faithful. And faithfulness is the manifestation of love. You stay faithful to your husband because you love your husband. You stay faithful to your wife because you love your wife. Whether you are in the same country or not, whether maybe because of work you have gone on top. You know, there were, I was in the British Army, and in the Army, a lot of people go on tour. That means they go on an operation, and they go and, they go and commit adultery there. They go and sleep behind their husbands. When you do that, you are demonstrating unfaithfulness, and it's a manifestation of the fact that you don't love the person. And you just didn't get to that place of sleeping behind your husband. It was a process. And that's why in service we teach you about the stages of disloyalty so that you become aware and check yourself. You become aware and what? Check yourself. When the prophetess was saying about how we should be careful not to add to the troubles of pastors and of men of God and of the church. The, the, you know, the church can deal with the enemy outside. The church can deal with the enemy outside. The enemy outside, they suddenly destroy the church. But the enemy within, the so-called Christians, the enemy within, that is what is called the fifth column. If you have ever read the story of the city of Troy, in the olden days, they, their main form of defense as cities were big walls and big gates. And so the higher and bigger your gate, the more difficult it was for the enemy to come into your or attack them. And the city of Troy had been for thousands of years, nobody could penetrate. Then one general 
He said, I, I'll penetrate. How did he do it? He had men inside the city. He had men inside the city who were going to open the city doors for them to come in. The fifth column. Outside, from outside, they couldn't break, break in. But from within, they could open, the people within could open the doors for the enemy outside to now join forces and destroy the church. So, loyalty that the prophet was talking about, for instance, you see, many people are dishonoring and becoming disloyal, and it is not the enemy outside, it is so called Christians, it is so called church members. The devil always plants people in the church to distract the pastor with useless conversations, useless time wasting things to this you no know, fighting. One minute, this one is fighting with this one. This family is not talking to this one. This, these are enemies within that destroy churches. And I am saying destroying churches because the church, it doesn't belong to any pastor. You must remember that. Jesus said, I will build my church, not a pastor. So you think you are fighting the pastor, but you are fighting God. Paul, the apostle Paul, he thought he was fighting for God, but he was actually fighting God. Those of you that are in churches, you are always the so every fight that's in the church, it comes back to you. You are some anybody that there's a confusion, it comes to you. You are fighting Christmas dinner, every fight you are there. We go out, every fight you are there. You are either offended or somebody else offended you. You, you. you are either angry because somebody said something. Everything it revolves around you. You have become a fifth column. You have become the enemy inside. And you are allowing the enemy outside now to enter and destroy churches. Remember, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the one who started the New Testament church, he said, and you know when I was studying the Bible, where he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. That was the first time that he was talking in the scriptures. The first time that he ever mentioned anything about a, a, a church, a New Testament church. That was the very first time. So he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So what are some of the things that spoil churches? What are some of the things that destroy? When you are destroy, when you are a source of destruction of the church, you might think that you are destroying a pastor's church or whatever. But actually, you are fighting against the prick. You are fighting against the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. So there are certain things that kill churches. There are certain things that don't build churches. Jesus, that is His project now here on earth to build churches, to win souls. What? Why does it? What does it mean by building churches? Not just the physical buildings, although those are very important. But the church is also made up of human beings, you and I, born, born again Christians. Anyone born again who has been forgiven by the blood of Jesus, anyone who has been forgiven, confess Jesus Christ as their Lord and personal Savior, you are the church. But the church meets in certain places. That is why we have church dwellings. And it's a, that one too is another command. It helps for the church to grow. Do not forsake the assembling of the brethren. But you see, there are some of us that are joint forces. We have become the enemy's point of contact inside the church to destroy the church, to distract the pastor, to, to just, just destroy what Jesus is building. He said, I will build my church. 
And what are you doing? You have become a source of destruction. Hallelujah. So, what are some of the things that destroy us? Disloyalty. And I said, disloyalty is a process. People get independent in the church. People get offended in the church. All this is part of the processes of disloyalty. Before somebody can be disloyal, that's unfaithful or separate himself from you or rebel against you or say, take your church. I don't want to be part of the church. You check in their lives. They went through all these things. Very independent. When when the church says we are doing this, they they are doing their own thing. When you say we are meeting, we are taking shifts and doing other things. Then when you talk about it, an offense. Or if they become offended, then you become very political. They start calling people and finding people to, 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 to be uh, on their side against the pastor. They want to find people to be on their side. This is where slandering, gossiping, infighting, uh, malice and wickedness, uh, bearing grudge, unforgiveness, anger, wrath, all these wicked demonic things, they will be rife. You see that in the church, this one is not talking to this one. This one is not talking to this one. This one is not doing this. this all sorts of foul, wicked things are going on. Then, from there, they execute the plan of rebellion. You know, they, 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 they become passive. They become very passive. So now somebody that used to be very active in the church no longer wants to be active. You see that when they come to church, they sit at the back. Every two minutes, they are getting up, getting up, getting up. When it's preaching time, they are going to sit in the Sunday school room. They don't want to hear. They are offended. Their heart can simply not receive you anymore. In their hearts, they have left you. And you see, some people, they leave you spiritually, but it can take maybe years or even months before they officially leave you. Yes. You see them offering time, they won't give offering. They have left you a long time ago. These were the same people who used to give. But now, disloyalty has entered. They have gone through the process. They are in a state where they have become very passive. Then, they say, take your church. And they leave. Yeah. Disloyalty. In the same way, what, disloyalty destroys churches. It destroys churches. It, it is the little forces that destroy churches. It is the enemy within that destroys churches. Yes. You know many pastors are begging with solving problems instead of using their time to pray. This one is this, this, all sort of nonsense that is going on. And it is because of cantankerous, demonic, filled people who have become enemies within. It's like your body. Then some cells within your body decide that we will not listen to what the brain is saying. We will multiply and divide ourselves quicker. That's how people get cancer. That's how cancer Cancer are cells that don't want to be regulated, that refuse to, they think they are independent, they do their own thing, they are sending their own signals. When the brain tells you, to, they say no, and they multiply. Cancer, that's how cancer cells. That's why cancer, the only way to do with cancer is to cut it out or kill it off with chemotherapy. So disloyalty, we don't joke with disloyalty. When somebody is showing the signs of disloyalty, you cast them out. Yes, cast out the scorner and what? Strive will cease. So I thank God because there are some mockers that have been removed from my life. Removed from my life. Removed from the news. And I thank God that due to some mockers have been removed from your life over the years. When I look back, I say, Thank you, Jesus. 
These were wolves. These were enemies. These were people who were assigned by Satan to come and destroy the church. But thanks be to God, through teaching, through the grace of God, Satan couldn't control his death. May every, every treacherous person in your life be cut off in the name of Jesus. May every treacherous person be cut off in the name of Jesus from your life. So, the same way Jesus said, I'm building my church. Disloyalty can destroy it. Now, the other thing that can also destroy the church, which I'm talking about, is dishonor, which is the opposite of honor. When you honor somebody, it means you hold that person in high esteem. You regard the person in high esteem. I've taught you about this over and over again. Over and over again. When you honor somebody, even their mistakes, you turn your back to it like the children of Ham, the children of Noah, Japheth, and Shem, they turn their back to their father's errors. But Ham turned the dishonoring son the wicked, dishonoring son, he rather went to make fun of his father, and he was cursed for that. Nothing comes out of dishonor apart from curses. If I have time, I will show you the causes, the, the effects of dishonor. But now, I want to show you the, the stages of dishonor. What happens when a person starts or a person becomes dishonoring? Because you might be listening to me, and you don't know that you are dishonoring God. You don't know that you are dishonoring the people that God has ordained for you to honor them. According to Romans 13 verse 7, there are some people, they are fellow human beings like you, but God has ordained that as a Christian, you must honor them. You must hold them in high esteem. You must regard them very high. Yes. You must regard them. And you don't have a choice. One of those, one group of those are your parents. Biological parents, spiritual parents, whatever kind of parents. Anybody that has provided the role of a parent in your life. He said, obey them, honor them. So even with that one, eh, that is the only, only commandment that God has said that if you honor, you have long life. You have long life. He has attached honoring your parents with the promise of what? Long life. Because let me tell you, to be a parent is not easy. When you, when you don't know, you don't know. After becoming a parent, I always thank God for the life of my parents. My parents were not very rich, but when I look at the life they tried to provide for me when I was a child, I thank God for their life. They must have been making great sacrifices. Great sacrifices. Even when my own children were born, I look at them. Some of them, when they were born, I could hold them with one, with one hand like this. And I could hold them with one hand like this. And I have to be very, very careful so that they don't drop. I just wonder, what if my mother had made a mistake and dropped me one day? I could be a cripple right now. You could have had a pastor that is crippled right now. You were very careful. You would not let flies come to you, mosquitoes bite you. They, they did all they did to be a it is And it is energy consuming. And my parents had um, five, five children. So it was hard work for them. So now I appreciate it more. I appreciate them more. I appreciate them more. I appreciate what they did very much. That is why God has linked that that to honor them. That one, he says, you have no life. That is the only one that has got that promise. Apart from your parents, you must honor God. 
You must go honor God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Then you must also honor your pastors. When you come, you know, with your parents, the promises, you honor them. You get wrong life. When it comes to your pastors, your prophets, it says, give them double honor. Give, according to Hebrews, it says, give them double honor. You see. So, everybody, according to the rank and according to what God's word is saying, that is how you should honor the person. Honoring is not one level. Honor by ranks. Honor the person according to his relationship with you. Yes. You can honor your sister, your sibling, your brother. But that honor must not be the same as that you give to your father. You can't buy a shirt for your brother and buy a shirt also for your father. You have reduced your father to the level of the brother. You must do something that says that this is my father. You honor them according to your rank. Even among pastors, senior pastors, when you are honoring a senior pastor, when you are regarding a senior pastor, when you are acknowledging the presence of a senior pastor, is different from, or a founder of a church, is different from um, associate pastors. You know, in some places where they are not taught properly. For instance, if I as a senior pastor, if I as a founder of a church, by the grace of God, if I'm going to preach and people stand up and applaud me and give loud noise, an associate pastor, maybe they might, the people might not do that, but you must recognize that it is by rank that the honor comes. But if you don't know these things, you will say that, ah, why is it that they didn't know you, 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 you will start thinking foolishly and begin to do certain foolish things. Especially if you have a carnal wife, you will start telling you that, hey, better watch it. This is what happened to David. Saul has killed his thousands. David is ten thousands. And he could not handle it. Be very careful. Be very careful. You know, when you are... When the, the, you, so I'm mentioning the people that you need to honor. Honor your pastors. Honor your father and your mother. Honor God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I've shown you all how practically you honor these people. Or if you are a wife, to honor your husband. And if you are a husband, honor your wife. Yes. So these are the major relationships in our lives. Then you, you, you must honor your bosses as well. Honor your head of states. Honor your leaders. He said, pray even for them. Praying is a form of honoring somebody. To pray for somebody means you are acting out of love and honor for the person. Yes. You are acting out of honor and of what? Love for the person. So, this honor for you to stop honoring and become dishonoring is a process. And I want to share that process with you so that you become aware of this dishonor. Number one, when a person starts dishonoring, when a person starts dishonoring, what happens? The first stage of dishonor is that the person becomes silent. See, instead of acknowledging the person, they will, they will become silent. They will become silent. They will become silent. Let's read Luke chapter 20, verse 22 and 26. Read it for me. Luke chapter 20, verse 22 to 26. When dishonor starts, silence 
is what you see. The people become the, the cold shoulder, shoulder treatment. Read it. Luke chapter 20, verse 20 to 22. So they watched him and sent spies. 22, 26. 22 but, to 26. Luke chapter 20, verse 22 to 26. I read. It says, Is it lawful for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? But he perceived their craftiness and said to them, Why do you test me? Show me a denarius whose image and inscription does it have. They, have, they answered and said, Caesar's. Verse 25. And he said to them, Render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. Verse 6. But they could not catch him in his words in the presence of the people. And they marveled at his answer and kept silent. Amen. And kept what? Silent. silent. You see, when a person stands on and they keep, they keep silent. Yes, you check anybody that has dishonored, dishonored in the life of the church or in your own life. Or if you yourself are the one that dishonored, you see, it starts by silence. The silence of the Pharisees was not out of respect for Jesus and his doctrine. They did not respect him. They were trying to craftily tempt him. Silence can be the beginning of disrespect and honor. He said they held their silence, they held their peace. When you are supposed to speak up and you declare and declare your stance and you become silent, it can mean dishonor. Oh me, I won't say anything. I, won't, I don't have anything to say. You are dishonoring. That's how dishonor starts. I don't, I don't have anything to say. That silence is dishonor. It's the first stage of dishonor. Your attitude and the way you are thinking. Because I told you the other day that dishonor is about how you think about the person. Honor is not about just bringing an envelope and saying hey, you are honoring. No. Although that, is, that can be part of honor. Honor has two forms. Honor that costs you money or costs you something or bring your substance kind of honor. And honor that is to do with how you think about the person, which doesn't cost you anything. So when you honor somebody, you acknowledge the presence of the person. It costs you no money. When you honor somebody, you listen to the person. You take his advice. You, you honor your pastor, you listen to his preaching. You listen to his preaching. You take on board his advice. Those of you, you come for counseling, you advise, you go and do the very opposite. It's a sign of dishonor. But if you honor, you listen to advice. You listen to advice. If you honor, you adjust your behavior towards the person. You, are, you, you, you need to adjust your time, your behavior, your everything, so that the person you honor, you can do things for them. It doesn't cost you anything. Are you saying that then? And if you honor... If you honor that way, it costs you nothing. But then there's that honor also of what? Bringing your substance. Sacrificial giving kind of honor. Yes. So two types of honor. Two forms of honor. But when a person becomes dishonoring, the first stage of dishonoring is that they, they, in their mind, the, the, the form of honor that doesn't cost anything. The acknowledgement, the listening, the acknowledgement stops. They stop. They don't see you as anything. They, if they, before they used to see you as man of God, pastor, you no, know, my papa, my whatever. 
But that goes. Equalization starts happening. In your mind, they won't say, but in your mind, that's what they think. And their behavior now shows what is in your mind. We are equal. You have a car, I have a car. You are married, me too, I'm married. You are 40, me too, I'm 40. Why should I, why should I treat you any special? That's what is happening in your mind. You see that? And the result of what they are thinking and what is going on in the depths of their heart, which God can see, but man may not be able to see. The result of that kind of thinking is silence. A silent and cold shoulder attitude. So they will not talk. So the, 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 the acknowledgement stops. They don't acknowledge you. They don't see you as anything. Like for practically for us, if the person, like, like if, you, if, if the, a person is dishonoring, when I put something on, face, on Facebook, they don't, want, want, they don't come and watch it. And if they watch it, they'll wait until the program is over, then they'll come and watch it just to criticize and have more wicked forms of accusation. Of stupid things that doesn't bother God, but they are concerned. Stupid things that doesn't bother God, but they are concerned because Satan has made them the fifth column, the enemy within. They have a contract with Satan like that. So the acknowledgement goes away. Then, after the acknowledgement goes away, they stop listening. So, you, even if I put something on our WhatsApp platform, you don't acknowledge it. You watch all right, but mm, who is it? We've seen it all before. Those of you that don't even, when you see your pastors put something on your platform, a message, you, you, even, you don't acknowledge it. That's the fact. You are silent. 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 You are like the Pharisee. Their silence was out of disrespect. Silence and not acknowledging is the first step of dishonor. That's the first step of dishonor. Are you in that first stage? Or you have gone to another level now, which I'm going to share with you. Are you in the first stage of dishonor? Are you dishonoring? Everybody that doesn't respond to messages, I put the message, maybe the pastors put the message, maybe mama put the message, you don't acknowledge it. But we can see that you have read it. You have read it. We know you have read it. But to type and say Jesus is alive, to type and say Amen, you are too big. You are not acknowledging. You have stopped honoring. Because we said honor, when it comes to honor, it's in stages, it's in levels. First stage, acknowledgement. Second stage, listen. Third stage, adjust yourself to the person. Fourth stage, receive the people whom the person has sent. So whether the person is present or not, whom he has sent, you receive them. Fifth stage, give to honor. What is the opposite? When you are dishonoring, first thing you stop acknowledging. You equalize yourself to somebody that the Bible has specifically said, honor them. It's not man. It's not my idea. I'm not here. And these are the things that store the church, what, which Jesus is building. These are the things that destroy churches, if you don't know. Dishonoring destroy churches. That bad negative attitude that you have. You are destroying something that Jesus is building. And you stand and you give an account one day if you don't know. That is if you should even make heaven. When you hear people talk, if you don't have knowledge, they will deceive you. When you see people's behavior, you look at them, they'll be laughing at you, but there's so much dishonor. They'll be laughing with you, but there's so much dishonor. So you, because 
You see, the Bible says that the heart of man is desperately wicked. You cannot even see what is in the heart of a man. I am not God. But God has given me a tool to use to find out what is in your heart. Like a doctor. I use signs and symptoms. Don't tell me the word of God is true. Because me, I have practically seen that what the word of God says is true. Everybody that has become dishonoring and a rebellious person and is, has left the church or is, is, you know, is in the church somehow, some way, their spirits are not with us, but they are physically with us because they are in a higher stage of disloyalty and dishonor. You see that the word of God exposes them. That's why the Bible says that the word of God is like a mirror. You cannot hide. Where can you hide from the word of God? Right now, the word of God is exposing some of you. It is exposing your bad behavior. It is exposing the course which you have chosen for yourself. Instead of staying on the course of honor, you have chosen a course of dishonor, a wicked way. The way the, that's what the Bible says in Psalm 1. Psalm 1. You have chosen to walk in the way of sinners. You have chosen to walk in the way of scoffers. You have chosen to walk in the path of wicked people. And when you read Psalm 1, the last two verses, he said, but the way of the wicked, this kind of wickedness, ah, they will be cut off. And it's not, it's not me cursing you. It's God himself that is speaking here. Hallelujah. I hope you are getting something. So, all this, I will not type. I will not respond. On. What are you there for? It shows you have started this online. Silence is the form of this online. It's the first stage of this Not acknowledging is the first form of this An announcement is put on. You don't respond. We put a message. You don't respond. Some people, they pick and choose what they want to respond to. They pick and choose. So what they are saying is that when you put foolishness on, I will not talk. But who said we put? Why, how, how can somebody that you say you honor, you are thinking that what he's putting on on the platform or is saying is not important? Hey, what kind of Christianity is this that we are practicing now? What kind of mentality do we have? We want to destroy what Jesus is building, and Jesus made a promise, and I thank God because He said. You will not prevail. The gate, whatever has come through, spirits of pride, arrogance, and whatever that makes people dishonor, make, make you feel that now you are equal with your pastors. Somebody that is giving double honor, now you think you are the same with him. Your mother or your father that you are supposed to honor, you are not doing it. You are not doing it. Your head of state, your leaders that you are supposed to honor, you are there on Facebook insulting. Yes. What kind of Christianity are we in now? This is a fasting period. We need to repent of this foolishness. After you hear this kind of message and you keep on dishonoring, judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Judgment is coming. Are you with me? So silence is a sign of disrespect. Bad communication is a sign of respect, of, of dishonor. Bad communication. Poor communication. When you are dishonoring somebody, you don't communicate properly to him. Yes. Like, I send you a message. Or you see that there is a phone call, I have called you. You take your time to respond. That's bad communication. 
You respond, no, but you take your time in your own time. There's no agency. There's nothing. This is my pastor who has called. This is a man of God that has called. This is an anointed servant that God has given to me as a papa. Has called me. Hey, I must respond. I must go and hide in the toilet to just say, oh, papa, I've seen your call. But please, I'll call you properly after. There's nothing like that. There is no agency. Yes. There is no agency. So, poor communication is a sign of this problem. When you're supposed to speak and declare your stance, you are silenced. Your silent demeanor can mean that you are what? You are on the way to this point. No comment. When you make no comment, it may be a mild but real way of demonstrating this honor. Your silence at certain times is a sign of your lack of faith or lack of respect or lack of support of what is going on. Silence. Some of you are not supporting even the past. You are not supporting. We have said we are doing online programs. Some of you are not supporting. Your lack of participation is a sign of dishonor. Silence is a way to show disrespect if you don't know. Jesus did not honor Pilate as, uh, when, when Jesus was before Pilate. He did, he, he did not honor Pilate by answering certain questions. Because Jesus is the one that Pilate must be. That's why he said that if you only know who I am, you will say, so My kingdom was not of this world. You are the one that's supposed to honor me. So he refused to honor Pilate and did not even answer his questions. Yes. Your pastor is not the same as you. If you call your pastor and he takes his time to respond, don't say that me too. when he calls me, I will take my time to respond. Dishonor him. And you see, God has commanded you to honor your pastor. He didn't say your pastor must give you double honor. You are a sheep to the pastor. And he must give an account as a sheep. Are you seeing that there? So, I want you to stop this and take notice of people who are dishonoring. You see, there's always the same people, morning devotions, same people who comment. It is the same people. The rest are dishonoring. The rest are dishonoring. What's the second stage of dishonor? John chapter 7, verse 1 to 5. Let's read it. John chapter 7, verse 1 to 5. John chapter 7, verse 1 to 5. After these things, Jesus walked in Galilee, but he would not walk in Jewry, because the Jews sought to kill him. Now the Jewish feast of Tabernacles was at hand. His brethren therefore said unto him, Depart hence and go into Judea, that thy disciples also may see the works that thou doest. For there is, else, there is no man that doeth anything in secret, and he himself seeketh to be known openly. If thou do these things, show thyself to the world. For neither did his brethren believe in him. They were telling Jesus, but they did not believe in him. So, you see, when a person stops acknowledging, when a person becomes silent, then they stop believing in you as a man of God. They stop believing in you. As, you know, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you want to dishonor your parents, you stop believing in them. You stop believing in them. When you want to dishonor your pastor, you stop believing in them, in, in your pastor. You start questioning. Satan brings certain things into your head that will make you begin to interrogate and question. This is the same person that God has used to maybe probably be a big blessing to your life. But like the people of the, 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 in the days of Jesus, this is, look, 
God himself, but they did not believe in him. Jesus' his own brethren, his own brothers and sisters, this is what they were saying. They did not say. After these things, Jesus walked in California, he would not walk in them, but they do sought to kill him. His brethren, it wasn't, that's why I'm telling you, it's the enemy within, the enemy within, the fifth column. Yes, loyalty and disloyalty. And then honor and dishonor. Dishonor by not believing. You don't believe anymore. You stop believing. This is when people start listening to foolishness like somebody who, somebody who is a rebel who call you and say, Oh, sister, so you said you are, you are pregnant after Pastor prayed for you. Don't believe it. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. I think you would have gotten pregnant by yourself. It was just a coincidence. They will stop what? They will, <coughs> they will try to get you to stop your heart. They will pollute your heart. They will pollute your heart. They will say, oh, don't tell, don't tell Pastor that you are going to do your driving test. <coughs> don't tell Pastor that you are going to do, oh, don't who are they? Please. <coughs> you to pray, you can pray. You too, you can pray. After all, me, I didn't say anything to them. Have I not passed? Hey, sister, take it easy. Brother, take it easy. That's your two minutes prayer. If you know the intercession that is going on in the background from us to you, that's why good things are coming to you. But you are dishonoring. And you are even advising people to say, don't tell them anything. So today, there are people who can buy cars, people who can, who, they have new promotions in their life through the intercession and prayers that is going on for you. But it, is, it doesn't mean that it's dedicated. After all, who are they? Why should I tell them? Who, why should they know? We are equal. Hey, sister, take it easy. Take it easy. Because you are on a certain path. That is going to lead you to death. Take it easy with what you are trying to do. Because when it comes to the men of God and prophets and pastors, be very careful. Be very careful if you don't know. Your prosperity is linked to your pastor. So if you are enjoying prosperity, it's because there is a man in the closet praying for you. Believe in my prophets and you shall prosper. Don't think that your prosperity came suddenly because you are also praying. Yes, it's good that you are praying. But your shepherd is watching over your soul day and night. So all these things that we are doing, it shows dishonor. It shows dishonor. It shows dishonor. Great dishonor. It shows dishonor. All these things that we are doing, it shows dishonor. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Yes, it shows dishonor. It shows dishonor. So the second stage of dishonor is, is to stop believing the person. They did not believe in Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 6 also says, when he went among his own people, they did not believe in him. Jesus experienced this stage of dishonor. There were many people who did not believe in him. When you do not believe what someone says, it is a sign that you do not respect the person. A lack of faith is a lack of trust. In other words, when no, you are saying you are not trustworthy, you are saying to the person, you are saying that your words are not worth much. That's what you are saying. Whether the person said it, whether the person wrote it, whether the person typed it on a WhatsApp platform or said it physically, like I'm saying now, if you don't believe what I am saying, 
what you are saying is that my words are not worthy of respect. Yes. So, be careful. Be careful. A very simple way to see whether you believe in me as a man of God or not is this way. And it is, for instance, I tell you, be a Sunday school teacher or be an usher or be this. I've been led by God to tell you this. I believe that God is saying you should, you should do it. But because you don't believe me as a man of God, you don't believe that what I'm saying is true, you start fighting it. You don't see it as a privilege. You think that oh, and this is what this is why some people came and even pastors, but they left because they didn't believe the fact that what we what I said to them that it is good. God has called you a pastor, though they were they didn't believe it. Their, maybe their wives didn't even believe it, and the wives start pumping it into their head, and over time they too foolishly like Adam they listen to their their wives. So they don't believe themselves that oh me, I didn't go to school, I didn't do this, so I, I cannot be a man of God. You know, please, if your pastor says do this, do that, or appoints you, believe in him. If you start giving excuses, it's a sign of dishonor. It's a sign that you don't respect him. It's a sign that you don't even believe that God is speaking to him. You don't believe that God is with him, right or wrong. Even if your pastor has made a mistake, let me tell you, God will work it out. Their mistake out. To be for our good. If only you walk in love and honor. So, that is the second stage. That's the second stage. Then you can move on to another stage. The third stage is rejection. Luke chapter 9, verse 51 to 53. So, these are the stages of dishonor. The first stage is silence. They are with us, but they are very silent within us, among us. Stage two, they stop believing, but they are still with us. And you can see this, the, 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 the signs of disbelief. When they question everything, they are so suspicious of you. Everything you do, they, they, they have something, or they think you have an ulterior motive. They can accept that this is a man of God. They might even be discussing your background. They say, oh, look at you. You are from Africa. You are this. You are from this. You are from that. Like they did to Jesus Christ. They were saying to Jesus, your sister is this. We know your mother. We know your father. How come now, now you are saying you are God's whatever? Luke chapter Before 9. Luke chapter 9, verse 51 to 53. Now it came to pass. Really? Luke chapter 9, verse 51 to 53. Now it came to pass. When the time had come for him to be received up, that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered into a village of Samaritans to prepare for him. Verse 53. But they did not receive him because his face they was set. They did not receive him and did not. Because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. The people rejected him. The people, you see. Individuals can reject the man of God. Groups of people can, cities can even reject the man of God. And the ministry of the man of God. Because of unbelief. Because you think I'm from the same country. For me. Some of my worst critics and enemies have been Ghanaians. In the UK, for instance. Some of my worst critics and jealous filled people who thought that, you know, starting a church is just like, they think it's easy. 
God hasn't called you and you tried. Today, by God's grace, we are still standing. But many of them have closed down. But by God's grace, we are still standing. And there are some of you that have even joined those ranks and think that salvation can be over. Let me tell you, we are even getting bigger, mightier, stronger. Yes. For it is not he that will it. It is God that is working in us. And before my servant Zerubbabel, everything shall become a level ground. We, are, we have only one destination. Higher and up. Higher and what? Forward. And that's why it is God. It is Jesus that is building the church. If God didn't call us, we would have pulled out by now. Those who call themselves, they are folded up. And some of them have been, you know, because they wanted, at first I didn't understand. Why do, I, why do they hate me? I don't know you from anywhere. If I was your brother, wouldn't you, wouldn't you be happy? I don't know you from anywhere. But the hatred, Satan has filled them with hatred. They have filled with so much dishonor, disloyalty, wickedness, spreading lies. Some of them don't even know me from anywhere, but they know everything about me. They think they know everything. You can't know a man unless you know the man's heart for God. That is why God loved David. People look at David, you look at David, you see, that you see David as a murderer. You see David as somebody who took somebody's wife. But God saw his heart for him. You don't know a man's heart for God, then you don't know the man. If you want to know a man, check his heart for God. Then you will know the man, who he really is. Forget about what you think is mistakes or what bothers you about the man. Because many people would have been bothered by David because he went to take somebody's wife. David was a fighter and a killer for his bride price. You know what he did? He was asked to go and chop people's penises off foreskin, 200 or 100 foreskin. He went to chop it off. He was a bloody man. But his heart for God, God knew, he said, a man after power. He loved God. And you can see, look at some of the Psalms he wrote. His heart was really for God. God said, I don't even want you to build the temple. But look at the heart he had. He bought everything that he could buy. Big expensive things. and said, although I'm not, I'm not building, God, I cannot be quiet when it comes to your building. That was the man that God knew. You, you would have seen something else. These people talking, talking. In, when we first started the, uh, the salvation claim, yes. And many of them were, were, were my countrymen, Ghanaians, wicked people. At first, I didn't understand it. But later on, then I saw that, ah, so because you wanted to start a church, you want to destroy somebody's church. And today, after some years, the story has changed. Their churches have closed down, even before coronavirus. And salvation clinic. And those of you that are in salvation clinic that are on the road to dishonor, I tell you just like Judas, what Jesus said to Judas, be quick with what you are on your way to do. Be quick and go. Be quick and go. Because we want peace now. There is a season of prosperity, increase, enlargement. There is a season of favor coming. And if you are not part of it, be quick with what you are doing and go. Stop wasting my time and stop pretending and living that kind. Go. Be quick on your way and go. What Satan has put in your heart to do, do it quick. You, if you leave, we will not beg. I am telling you, we will not beg for food. We will not beg for bread. We will not beg for rent. We will not, nothing. Because God has also, as you are leaving, God has also ordained people to what? Sustain. People who, who, who honor. They to God have prepared them. Since we started, God has been faithful. It is a dangerous thing. Let me tell you. To be depending on donations and other things, you think it's easy, you think there's any money in it. 
That is, why ask those who try to start churches and then close down? You think it's easy? But God has been faithful always. Because God will not come down to come and do it, but He always use men. Faithful men, loyal men, honoring men and women. He will use them. He will use them. Keep your money. You dishonoring person. Keep it. We don't want it. Because to honor without the right attitude is very bad. It's evil. You don't want it. What you think that you, no, 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 please get those ideas out of your head. You it is for your own good. It is for your own good. I am telling you, it's for your own good. If you don't like what I'm preaching, and it means that you are you are already offended, you are dishonoring already, because you don't think that I have the right to advise you. But he whom he whom a father, the son whom what a father loves, he corrects. But if you are offended even by this message, it means that you are already on the way of the son because you don't even see me as somebody that can advise you, that can talk to you. You have equalized yourself already, so you are getting offended. You are getting offended. If that is your portion, God help you. God help you. Because the season that we are entering into, you will not be part of it. We are on our river Jordan. We are crossing into our promised land. Where God will now establish us and bless us and give us our own. We will not be in the desert roaming about like that. Those times are coming. I'm speaking prophetically. And if you dishonor like the generation that were with uh, Moses, he said the whole generation of adults, they were killed on the desert. Their bodies were littered as casualties on the desert. It was only Joshua and Caleb who had the honoring attitude that entered into the promised land. May you become like a Joshua and a Caleb that will enter into the promised land after this season. That is what is going to happen. The world will be going down, but God will favor us. I am telling you. You check it. You watch it. You will see it with your two goro goro eyes like that. You will see it. You will see it. Hallelujah. Praise Him. So, rejection is the test state of honor and dishonor. Rejection is the test state of dishonor. And Jesus experienced, Jesus experienced this rejection. If you reject me, I don't care now. You can accept me as your pastor or not. I don't care. It is not going to be but Those who honor, every prayer I pray, let it affect them. Those who dishonor, my prayers, I will stop working. I don't mean, even if I want to. Now, the Holy Ghost is the one that is doing. If I pray, God, you honor the Holy Spirit by honoring those whom He has placed His anointing on. That's how you honor the Holy Spirit. So when you dishonor a man, you are dishonoring the Holy Spirit that is also for him. So even if I pray, it's the Holy Spirit that is going to do it. And if you are dishonoring him, will he answer? No. So please. That is the season we are going to enter very soon. Yes. Jesus Christ was dishonored by rejection. When somebody rejects you, they will ask you, leave! Or they will leave. They ask Jesus to leave their country. We don't want you here. You come here, you are casting out devils. And you see, this are appreciating. Then there was a mad person living in a cemetery. Jesus comes and solves this guy, save his life, solve a problem. Instead of appreciating, no. Say, no, 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 no. Please, you can't stay here. What is all this deliverance thing? What is all this casting out devils? Then that is how some of you talk. 
That is how some wickedness in you makes you think. So no, 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 no. We have to stop it. Or I leave. Or he leaves. You God have mercy on us. First stage of dishonor is then after you know, there's, there's silence, then there is what? Silence, then there is what? Um, there is unbelief, then there is rejection, then, then comes the fourth stage, which is they now stop preventing others also from honor. So now they, have, they don't believe in you anymore. So instead of it, before it was just them, but now they want to get everybody that they know to be part of. So if, for instance, they are Ghanaians, they will call every Ghanaian in the church that they are friends with. If they are Jamaicans, they will call every Jamaican in the church because they are close. So we associate by, by, by this ethnicity. We shouldn't be so even in the church. So every Jamaican, they, oh, no, no. they will chat and they will be dropping hints here and there just to what? Get you to also prevent you also from honoring. To prevent you from honoring. Hallelujah. Read the scripture for me. In Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 6. Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 6. The 14. And in Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment, very precious. She broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves. They had indignation within themselves and said, why was this waste of, of the ointment made? See, they are preventing the disciples, they are around Jesus. They have never honored him. Somebody comes to honor, they want to stop him from honoring. That's the first day of honoring. When, when you see somebody even honoring the, the man of God, the pastor, somebody that you're supposed to honor in your life, give double honor, you want to stop it. You want to stop it. You don't want your husband to honor. You yourself, you don't want to honor. You stop, you stop your husband from even honoring. You stop your wife from honoring. It's evil. It's evil. It's evil. Then, from that stage, they move. I'll talk about this extensively in the Rema sense. From that stage, they move to the fifth stage of honor, which is accusations, quarrels, conflicts. This is when they attack you. No. They attack you with slander. They attack you with false accusations. You know, they, 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 they can accuse you by not coming to church, by not attending certain meetings. They will say, mm, I'm not going. And you can feel the tension, the strife. The Bible calls this strife. The strife in the church. You are faithful. You are breaking down what Jesus is building. And it's a curse on you. It's a curse on you. You think you are fighting a man. But you are kicking against the brick. You are kicking against the brick. Then from there, they move to physically attacking you. They, if after everything, they will physically attack you. So those are the stages quickly. Those are the stages quickly. So, I want you to meditate upon these things that we have said. Because of our time, we will continue another time. And that is the remote service in the evening. And I'm going to talk about the results of honoring. Now, let me end on this note. Let me end on Because we talk about honor, honor. I've told you the stages of honor. And the last stage of honor, which is the highest form of honor, is when you give sacrificially. Now, many of you don't know how to give. 
You think that when you bring an envelope or something with some little money that you is penance to you, you are honoring. But I think that I need to teach you what it really means to honor from the Bible. You say, honor the Lord with your substance. We all know that, but what do we do? Like Malachi 1, 6, that was the saying. We bring lame things thinking that we are honoring. But let me show you. Some of you think you are honoring when you bring some small angels. Let me show you. Let me show you what true honor is. And, let, and then let me see if there is a single one of you that has reached that level of honor. Let, let, me, let me just show you quickly before we close. Is it entering you well, well, well? If it is entering you well, 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 let me know that it is entering you well, well, well. Well, well, well. Yeah. So, let me show you quickly um, that honor that I'm talking about. And an example, this is, this is just an example. This is just an example so that you will, you will, your mind, because some of you think they say, honor that prophet, you go and bring some small emblem. You think you are doing something that is, you haven't heard before. According to biblical examples, you haven't reached that, even that, that level, what we call honoring an important person in your life. If you want to honor an important person in your life, this is what the Bible says you should do. You should present, it says, a son honors his father and a servant honors his mother. And even, even for me, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, okay, if they say we should honor our parents, then we are not even doing it well. So, let me show you the example and then I'll close. Yeah. This is the biblical one of the, you know, the fact I'm saying, one of the best ways that the Bible describes how to honor a man. A man that you want to honor. What you should do. It is in Esther chapter 1 verse 6. Uh, uh, chapter, chapter, Esther chapter 6 verse 1 to 10 is quite a lengthy scripture. So we are not going to read it. Maybe during the Raymond service we will have time to read it. But it was about the story of how the king commanded records to be brought because he could not sleep. And when the king, Ahasuerus, when they read the records, it was told him that Mordecai the Jew, Mordecai the Jew had saved his life and from assassinations two times. And Mordecai, it was the king asked, What has done? What have we done? He said, Listen, in fact, that bit I want to read it. He said, What shall be done unto the man whom the king delighted to honor? And when he was pondering about this, here comes Haman, the enemy of the Jews. So he asked Haman, who was a high-ranking officer, like a prime minister. So he asked Haman, Haman, what shall be done to a man whom the king delighted to honor? The king here stands for God. The king here stands for you, who is a representative of God. How do I honor somebody? How do I honor somebody whom the, I delight in, whom I said that I should, be like, I should honor? So Haman gave the prescription for honor, and I'm going to show it to you. The prescription of, for honor. If you are, if you honor someone, this is what must happen in your life. So let's listen, listen to what Haman said. And Haman answered the king, "For the man whom the king delighted to honor, let the royal apparel be brought 
which the king used to wear. So he was saying that let the king, let, let the, what the king wear, the designer wear that the king wears, bring it so that this person that you want to honor should wear it. So then he says, and then bring the horse the king rideth upon, and the crown, royal crown which is set upon his head. And let this apparel and the horse be delivered to the hand of one of the king's most noble princes, that they may array the man without whom the king delighted to honor, and bring him on the horseback through the street publicly, and proclaim before him, Thus shall it be done to the man whom the king delighted to honor. The king asked this critical question. What should be done to the man whom the king wants to honor? And Haman, he thought it was for himself. But it was the, also the prescription of how to honor a man. Because that is, what, that is what should have been done if truly it is somebody the king wants to honor. This is what should happen to him. So he said, he said, number one, bring him what? The king's apparel. So you honor a man of God. You honor somebody properly by buying, you know, expensive clothes. That is royal clothes. That's one way of honoring. If you can buy it, today everything has become money. Then you must give corresponding cash to do that. Not 10 pounds, 5 pounds, and you, you, you think you are doing something that is way, way, way beyond something. No, no, no. Royal. Royal. You see, that is why you see most pastors, you see in most ministries, you see the pastor every week, they are changing, and the pastor's wife, every, every, most of it, it is donation, because people are coming to give to the pastor, honoring the pastor, honoring the pastor, with, with not cheap things, but what? Expensive apparel. Expensive apparel. And then he said, bring the horse, which is a car, in those days. A means of a good means of transport. That's why if you went, for instance, in African politics, as soon as somebody comes into power, the first thing he changes, you see his clothing changes to to, to now detect his um, like even even let's say not I won't even say politics. Even normal somebody is now is now you before you were you were you, before you were say a care worker, then they promote you to become a manager. Suddenly your clothes, your your dressing changes. You start wearing skirt and suits because now you are manager. Yes, manager has come. You are dressing to denote your new level and how you should be on it. But you can't do that for your man of God. You can't do and your man of God was giving double honor. You can't do that for your man of God. You bring lame things and you say you are honoring. What deception? Please take those lame things, keep it to yourself. Keep it to yourself. You think that honor, and, and even if you bring the apparel and you have the wrong mentality, we don't want it. Take it, keep it. We will still be eating. We will still be wearing good clothes by God's grace. Because while some are dishonoring, God has also kept some who keep on honoring. So we'll never beg. Keep your envelope if that is your attitude. Keep it. Keep it. Think honoring is just bringing 20 pounds, 30 pounds, bringing five cities, two cities. My goodness. Who taught you the word of God? Who taught you the word of God? Who taught you the word of God? 
You see, we teach you, you have to learn how to honor because honor will keep you humble. And if you don't honor, the opposite is that you start dishonoring. And you start destroying the church. And you, you it's not, honor is not about giving me money. It's, it's not just about giving me money. Honor is about helping to build what Jesus is building here. Because honor sustains the church. Honor brings life into the church. This honor is the enemy within that destroys the church like a cancer within the church. Like a cancer within the church. Think about it. A whole year, you bring a pack of handkerchiefs to say you are honoring your pastor. Meanwhile, look at even the wig on your head. Look at the wig on your head. So the prescription for genuine honoring is here. Expensive things. Expensive apparel. Car. Which of you have bought a car for me before? Which of you have bought me a car? You are walking about as if you are the one that is the keeper of my life. How, how have you honored me? Have you bought me a car before? Have you bought me a new car before? There is one daughter of mine that gave it was it was it wasn't a new car, but yes, she gave me a car once. Yes, that's how you honor. You see, this is what the Nigerian churches, this is what the Nigerian people they know. That is why their churches disloyalty has been killed. Dishonor has been because so their churches are growing. More souls are when the church is bigger, it means more souls are being won. Yes. But with us, we have some wicked mentality, especially my own countrymen. Wicked mentality. Wicked mentality. My own countrymen, he said, a man's enemies are the members of his own household, your own countrymen. So my men's also countrymen, he said, some of them practice wickedness. 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 You, you are talking. We are talking about honor. You say you, 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 you say fifty pounds, five pounds. Please, if that is what you are giving, don't even boast. Please, don't even boast, because according to the prescription for honor, you haven't even reached that level. That's why you know. One time, a man of God came to Ghana, a Nigerian man of God, Bishop Oyedepo, he He came to Ghana, and by the time he finished the service, there were 70 Land Rovers waiting. People had just come to give the 70 Land Rovers say, we, want, we are giving it to you. Businessmen, all sorts of pastors, they honored him with cars. And what did he do? He gave his cars away to, he gave it to pastors. He gave it to his pastors. So he said, I don't need it. Because honor is not about fulfilling the need of the person. It's more to that. Honor is about how you think towards the person. Honor is more how you think towards, how you think about the person. Bring about special clothes, cars. Then he said that we must do it. Proclaim. Say good things. Think, say good things about the person. Say good things about the person. So, the greatest way of honoring has been shown by Mordecai. How Mordecai? They put a crown on him. They honored him publicly. How do you? Ah, my goodness. So please, when we are talking about honor, stop boasting. Stop thinking some certain way. Be what you are thinking. What, 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 what is it? What is it? What is it? That you have become so boastful and so arrogant. Please, let's change our mind. This is how you honor. 
And if you have been met that stage and that one, pray for grace. Keep on honoring. You see, me, I have learned about what I've learned about honoring is that. Because me too, I honor people in my life. I have fathers that I honor. I have ministries that I constantly honor. I tithe from church tithes to other ministries and to other men of God who are higher above me, older than me in ministry. I don't sit here and talk to anyone in you know, Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Yeah. And what I have learned about honor is that it is good. If this year I honor with hundreds of and I wish I could give, the, this is the standard, I should buy expensive things, I should even probably bring a car, and I can only give 100 cities. Next year, I pray God to give me grace, let, me, let it go to 120, let it go to 150. So I honor, keep on honoring, and I see God blessing me and increasing my ability every year. Every year. It's not the same. Last year, you honor with 20 cities. This year, you honor with 20. One level, one level of honor. Please, stop the jokes. That's why you are honoring with blind animals and with blind bats. And God said that, is it not evil in Malachi? Is it not evil? Is it not evil? Is it not evil? So me, every time I try to increase it, and I'm trusting God that a day will come, I'll be able to buy a car for a man of God. And just go and donate it. Not that I don't need cars. Look at the car I'm driving here in Ghana. But I'll give it out. And I know as I sow that seed, more will come back to me. And my pastors will also benefit. The workers of the church will also benefit. Because as I sow the seed of cars, cars will also come back to me. So give expensive. Do you remember the woman, the alabaster? I'll talk about that in the evening. So I'm bringing my way to a conclusion. Examine yourself. And when we say honor, amount of honor, honor the prophet, it's not just about bringing some envelope. It is more than that. There is a mindset you must come with. There is a mentality you must come with. You must honor by the ones that, that, that don't cost you money. If you are not doing that and you are bringing an envelope, even me, if I see your envelope, I'll put it down somewhere. I'll put it down somewhere. Because why should I spend your money when I know you don't acknowledge me, you disrespect me? Why? Why? It's not just because I want money as your prophet or your pastor. Whoever it is that you are honoring, don't make it because they need it. No. They don't need it. They don't need it. Like God. When you are bringing something to your pastor or you are bringing something to God, God, a cattle upon... A thousand cattle upon the hills belong to him. He doesn't need anything from you. But yet he commands you to honor him. So honor is not about meeting that need. But it is just about maintaining the relationship. And receiving blessings that will bring prosperity into your life. He says honor. He says believe in his prophets and you shall want prosper. May God bless you for hearing his word. May God bless you for hearing this word. I trust that you have been blessed. Let us pray. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus for your word that has come to us. Your powerful word that has come to change our thinking. That we will learn how to honor properly. 
Your word has come to teach us about how to identify dishonor in our lives. If perchance any of us have fallen short, have mercy on us. Be gracious unto us, Heavenly Father. Be gracious unto us and forgive us our sins. Be merciful unto us and be kind and bless us in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Wonderfulness. Now God bless you for joining us. We are now going to have our communion. We are going to have our communion. We are going to have our communion. Straight away. So take your bread. This is bread. As I'm praying over the bread, it becomes the body of Christ. It becomes the body of Christ. Any form of dishonor that has brought curses to your life, dishonor that has circumcised no, has cut short certain blessings from your life. Today, many people are dying young because like Moses, Aaron and Miriam, they were discussing Moses. They were dishonoring Moses. They stopped acknowledging him. They said, me too. We too, we are men of God. We too. And God was angry. When they were discussing, God wasn't there. He said, we too, we are men of God. You, you are going to marry an Ethiopian woman. We to God to God God speaks to us. And God said, Hey, were you not afraid to talk about my servant like that? And he gave them leprosy. He gave Miriam leprosy. He gave Miriam leprosy. Leprosy was incurable that time. Today, what is our leprosy? Sicknesses, HIV, cancers, even coronavirus. These are the leprosy so. So if you dishonor, something incurable may come upon you spiritually and physically. As you eat of this blood, of this body of Christ, whatever dishonor has brought an incurable spiritual and physical leprosy upon your life, it will be cast out in the name of Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. Eat it. Now take your wine. You see, as I'm saying, some people will be just there watching me, pretending the dishonor has started already. We haven't even left church, but this honor is going on live and college in some homes. You know, you should learn how to honor, even in your homes. Even in your homes, honor. Honor in your homes. There was this man of God that wrote the Bible, and uh, wrote the book. The Lord showed him a revelation about when Jesus Christ was here on earth. And he took him to the house of um, James and John. Their father, Zebedee's house. And he saw a conversation that was going on between Jesus and the family people. And Jesus was telling them that, the Lord Jesus was telling them that, me and my father in heaven, we have come to take your two sons. I have come to take your two sons to be my disciples because in this house, you always honor me. You always honor the father. And that is why, from one family, two sons were taken. Learn to honor God, though, in your families, in your homes. Right now, how you are even listening to me shows how you honor me. The way you are relaxed, as if you are watching football, it shows how you honor me and honor the word of God and honor the anointing of my life. This is church, oh. This is church. This is church. You should be sat down with your children. Sat down, not doing anything. This is church. 
Because if you are doing something, what you are teaching the child is that, oh, it's okay to dishonor, it's okay, the church you can be doing this and killing this, and that's what you are teaching the children. The blood of Jesus, it removes every cancer, every dishonoring thing that has brought cancer, sicknesses, reproach and shame. By the blood of Jesus, let it be removed. As you drink it, may you never forget the second coming of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ. Drink it. The blood of Jesus. Now, lift up your hands wherever you are. We are going to receive the blessing. And this blessing is going to reverse anything that needs to be reversed. This is a Sunday, the seventh Sunday of the fast. The Lord said, it's a fast for what? Revival. It says, a fast for what? Renewal. Divine recovery. Divine recovery. So lift up your hands and receive the blessing. This is the prayer we are praying. Whatever you have lost, I command the divine recovery. As your hands are lifted up, I command the divine recovery. I command the divine recovery. That which you have lost in your marriage. That peace you have lost in your marriage. That joy you have lost in your marriage. That which you have lost in your finances. That you have lost concerning your children. Relationships that will be a blessing to you that you have lost. I command a divine recovery. In the name of Jesus. By the power of the Holy Ghost. I command the divine recovery. Receive that blessing now. Receive that blessing now. In the name of Jesus. Receive that blessing now. Receive that favor now. In the name of Jesus. I see recovery coming to you. Whatever the canker worms have eaten, the palmer worms have eaten, the caterpillars have eaten, let them be restored. Thank you, Lord. Your job is secure. Your job is secure. Your job is secure. Your job is secure. As you honor the Lord in your tithes and your offerings, your job is secure. God, it gives God a reason to secure your job. And therefore, I pronounce this blessing on you as your pastor, as your prophet, as your teacher, as, your, as, as what? Your founder. I pronounce this blessing. Now, I am saying all these things to see, to let you know that my words are carrying weight based on the various ranks that God has placed me in. So, receive this blessing in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of 